My name is Morse, and I'm a porn addict. This is my podcast, my so-called porn life addiction. Porn struggles from a queer black man. This podcast is from someone who continues to fight the urges and wants to stop. Let's do this together. This is, this is going to be a challenge for me because now I'm talking to a friend mm-hmm. about uh, my addiction. And you know me as a friend, mm-hmm. which is great. Um, you know me for a while. You've known me about, about, I would say about maybe three or four years now. Yeah. And so, um, yeah, my name is Morse and I am a porn addict. Um, and today I have a special guest here with me. Um, my really good friend, he came in. And we are going to talk today about uh, my struggle and my porn habit. And coming from a friend, uh, I, I, I wanted to get his perspective on um, basically my, I call it a condition. I mean, I, I call it a condition, but I also call it uh, something that I'm struggling with and that a lot of people are struggling with too as well. Mm-hmm. And so uh, today we have D in the studio. Um, D, uh, thank you for joining. Thank you for uh, having me. Yes, awesome. You, like I mentioned before, you you've known me for about four years now, mm-hmm. and uh, with the pandemic, we got a little we got a little bit closer as friends. Exactly. And even before that, we we got closer as friends. Did you ever know that I had knew I had a I had a porn addiction? Did you ever did, did I anything ever trigger you to kind of think that I had that? No, no, I didn't. Um, uh, Never any indications were exhibited by you uh, to that regard. Mm-hmm. So, you know, when you recently uh, reached out to me and told me about this, it kind of came as a shock. But um, in the same token, though, in understanding addiction a little bit better and how it can uh, manifest in different ways, you know, I wasn't all, all that shocked at the same time. Okay, wow. Okay. Yeah, I tried to hide it. Mm-hmm. That's one of the things that I, I really don't want people to know is, like, I've had it for years. I mean, I right now I'm in my 40s, and I've been doing this since 13. Mm. And uh, I've been trying to stop, and it, it's just become very addictive. There, and I, in some episodes I've talked about how I just basically have, have tried to stop, I couldn't stop, and then it just there was a repeated cycle. Um, first of all, what do you know about porn addiction? What Just, just from your like friendly information, what do you know? Yeah, so um, for the most part, I kind of think about porn addiction as I would any other addiction. And that, well, first let me say this, that porn is not bad. You know, it's, it's not categorically bad. Rather, it's just a beautiful expression of a human experience. Okay. And, and but however, porn, just like any other thing, was, whether that's food, uh, sugar, uh, drugs, alcohol, even sex, shopping, uh, when done out of moderation or done for particular reasons that are, that are not, it's, let me back up, it's actually the reasonings uh, that, that, that we are engaging in these um, uh, actions or, or, or um, performing these tasks, so to speak, that 
uh, determines whether we are have an addiction or not. And so um, to that degree, I just think that if you are watching this otherwise healthy um, um, expression, beautiful, healthy expression of, of a human interaction um, for re- for for improper reasons or to cope, basically. Like, if you feel like you have some self-identified deficiency or you're struggling to maintain pro-social relationships and you're watching porn, uh, then I think that it's safe to categorize that as an addiction at that point. Wow. And that's that's how it was affecting me. Mm-hmm. I mean, like, like I mentioned before, you you didn't know and a lot of people didn't know that I, I had an addiction. Like, there would be hours where I would be at 5 o'clock after work, I would just hang out by the computer and then like 10 o'clock at night I would be there still by the computer Mm -hmm. and I would fantasize about the stuff afterwards. So for example, there was one night that I, a friend of mine wanted to go out and we, we, the time was at eight o'clock that I should have been out, but Mm -hmm. instead I was late because I was watching porn Uh and it was that deep. And then what happened was like, I took that porn mind frame and I used that, um, I use that I use that in a way that I and this is kind of embarrassing for me. I use that in a way to find a man, I guess, or find a relationship. And it didn't and it's not working because I'm using the sex black great god, like not my, my type of a man, mm-hmm. to find a man based upon what I see in porn. Okay. So for example, like for, if I see a, a big husky guy online or on a porn site, I want that guy so i seek that relationship out in the real world Mm -hmm. and i have a hard time sometimes differentiating that because i don't know how to Mm -hmm. like because my mind is stuck on that individual Mm -hmm. and i want that individual i want to stay on this a little bit kind of explore it a little bit uh more so when you mentioned that you kind of you see a a particular character or character type when you're watching porn and you kind of go out and, and seek that individual does it um just stop at the uh phase of you you know that 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 first step that you take when you're meeting someone, when you want to introduce yourself and to make to make that first connection. Like, do you kind of categor- categorically exclude people who don't fit that particular character type? I used to. Okay. And I say that because, uh, yeah, I used to do that. And I'm catching myself now as I get mm-hmm. older. Like, not every person's gonna be that character type. Mm-hmm. Um, but when I used to do that, um, I used to it, it. It was. I would shoot myself in the foot mm-hmm. because there's some people that are out there that were just toxic. Mm-hmm. And then there's some people out there that were real. Mm-hmm. And the guy that I, the guys that I liked from porn and that I liked that I would talk to uh, uh, via in person or whatever, via in person or wherever at, um, it wouldn't be a good vibe. Like somehow we wouldn't relate. It was very awkward afterwards. Okay. Like, you know, it was just like they weren't getting along with me. I wasn't getting along with them. And my mind frame was like, oh, well, damn, I can't get a man because, you know, he's, he's not the mm-hmm. guy in the porn. Or there would be a lot of guys that would meet that were on porn, mm-hmm. and I would have in my mind, oh, this, I'll just give another example. Okay. So somebody who is built, somebody mm-hmm. who's works going goes to the gym a lot, and mm-hmm. someone that I like, that's the type of guy that I like, okay. right? A tall, dark, black, you know, whatever. I go out in public, and I see that guy, and that guy has a totally different viewpoint or totally different attitude from the guy in porn. Mm-hmm. So now I'm disappointed. Now I'm like, 
okay, I'm I'm disappointed. Then I'll go back to porn. I'll start watching porn and jacking off and and all that sort of stuff and making my mind go into the porn realm. Okay. Now, when you mentioned uh, that he had a total that they would have totally different attitudes than what you would see in real life, as opposed to um, what was depicted in, from the guy who you observed in in, in the uh, porn. Mm-hmm. Um, what do you mean by that exactly? Like, what do you mean the attitudes were different? Like, um, like for example, if I'm a bottom, and the the, I, the guy was a bottom too as well. Mm-hmm. That's mm-hmm. An, that's kind of an attitude or or characteristic mm-hmm. that would basically be like, oh man, I guess I gotta go back to the drawing board and, mm-hmm. and just you know find another guy. Mm-hmm. Or if they had an attitude like they were very feminine, mm-hmm. and uh, when I saw them, you know, at a club, I thought they were very masculine. Mm-hmm. And so when I started talking to them, they were just really girly like. I got you. So that was a type of that's the attitude I should say air quote attitude that. It was totally different from what I saw in porn. Okay, and my mind always goes to what porn has, which is a typical masculine guy, and he's always aggressive, and he's mm-hmm. always that person. But mm-hmm. in the real world, it's totally different, mm-hmm. and my mind can't sometimes get away from that. Gotcha. Well, it couldn't back then; it wouldn't get away from. It. Now I'm learning, learning. I'm being better. I'm being better about it. Okay, I got you. I got you. Yeah. I can see that, like the uh, mus- guy who's more burly or muscular, um, mm-hmm. you know, in the pornos are typically portrayed as being more masculine, but that's not the case in the real world. It's just stated, um, and you know, just kind of difficult to distinguish that. So, uh, do you think that a lot of um, your automatically assuming that these individuals who were burly and and um, uh, or muscular, mm-hmm. and then later finding out that they were not, that that, that you kind of maybe excluded yourself from um, some otherwise healthy possibilities from people who didn't fit that category and who may have been masculine and yeah. fit what you wanted. Mm, yeah, I that that yeah, I, I it did I did shoot myself in the foot with a lot of guys. Okay. There was one guy that I talked to, um, and he looked just like the guys in porn. Mm-hmm. And he was I mean, he was hot to me. Mm-hmm. And he had a great he had everything that I had in a certain man on porn, mm-hmm. but he was in the real world. But there was only one catch. The one catch was he didn't want to have sex. And so one thing that I always did after we had a date or whatever and he didn't want to have sex, I would go home and I would masturbate. Mm-hmm. And, you know, now since I think about it, you know, I I guess it wasn't – I guess it was protecting me and him because he also had HIV. So that's the reason why he, we didn't want to – that's the reason why he didn't want to have sex. Okay. Um, and I don't – his name is – I'm not going to yeah. use his name, but, but anyways. Um, so – I would go home and masturbate. Mm-hmm. After a certain period of time, like when we were dating, like for two or three weeks, I ended up finally saying, "No, I don't want to be with you because you know we're not having sex." But I could have built a relationship based upon you know what I like and what what he was. Mm-hmm. But I ended up going back to porn and and being more addicted to porn because of me and because of me not owning up to him. Mm-hmm. And another thing too, as well, is that. Um, just regarding that, I felt like when he finally told me his status, um, that was some kind of rejection in my mind. Like, I don't know. I think of rejection whenever I think of that moment. I think of how he said it, and I don't know if it was real or not, but how he said it to me in a way that felt rejected. And I just, you know, I just felt, I just feel like. Okay, well, fuck him. He doesn't. I don't need him. Mm-hmm. I can go back to my porn anytime, mm-hmm. and my men on my porn will never let me down. Mm-hmm. And so when I finally had that, um, and I and it let, got let go, I don't know. I I kind of, I don't know. Just kind of. I kind of feel like I fucked up. Mm-hmm. But 
don't know. I don't. I don't know if that answers your question or not. But no, it it, it does. And I was actually going to follow up with that. Ask to have you to explain a particular instance um, wherein um, you know, and that uh, level of I mean, and said to, to that degree uh, where you um, may have um, lost out on potential what could have been a great uh, love yeah. love interest or, or or romantic relationship, but. I was thinking about what you were saying a bit more as well. I was thinking that, you know, and this is how I'm processing it, mm-hmm. um, is that you develop a, um, a a sense of what you thought this individual should be and you projected that onto that individual. Yeah. And, 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 and I'm thinking that when he, you know, maybe, you know, didn't feel comfortable telling you up front that he was positive uh, or, or about his status and, and that you probably want to wait a little bit of time to kind of get to know you to build that level of trust. But that um, because you um, projected what you wanted him to be, you didn't allow yourself to exist in reality in that moment. And so when he gave you an answer that that differed from what you wanted it to be, you uh, you took it as a rejection of the vision that you created based on your 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 experience of watching porn. And as such, I, I, I can see how that would have uh, caused you to view it as a rejection um and in that moment mm. yeah i never thought of it that way i i yeah i never thought of it that way i just think yeah i a friend of mine also said something about rejection mm-hmm. and we uh talked about rejection too as well and i don't deal with rejection really good mm-hmm. like i tend when someone re- when i tend to get rejected i tend to go back into a reclusive state mm-hmm. and i tend to just get go back to a comfortable well-being mm-hmm. um and comfortable being i go back to my porn i mm-hmm. go back to masturbating i go back to doing it for hours and and all that sort of stuff um and that's what makes it for me that's what makes it bad mm-hmm. is because i can't i can't deal with the rejection piece mm-hmm. um what why don't you think you can deal with it like what is it about rejection that that scares you or or, or makes you shuck away or uh, that that's a good question i i don't I don't, I think, I don't know. I, I just don't like rejection. I just, it just makes me feel less. And, I, and I've always been rejected. Um, te- technically, I don't want to say always. Mm-hmm. I've been uh, the opposite of rejected, if that's a word. But um, when I was a kid, I my mom wasn't there. Mm-hmm. My dad wasn't there. I had my aunts who were, who were semi there. Mm-hmm. You know, they weren't really my parents, but mm-hmm. they were, they took care of me and my brother. Um, and I had, you know, I, I every time every time that I was doing something with somebody, someone always left me. Mm. And I think with porn, porn doesn't leave me. Like okay. I can always have porn. It's a constant in your life. Yeah, that is a constant in mm-hmm. my life. Was the porn? May I ask you something? How old were you when you um, when you moved in with your aunts from with your parents? Well, let me ask you this: um, You mentioned your mom and your dad left you, or. Describe, tell me what, what, go into depth about that a little bit if you can. Yeah. Or feel comfortable. Yeah, yeah I, I get definitely comfortable. So, my mom was never really, my dad was never there. Let me mm-hmm. say that. Never okay. there in my life. Okay. My mom stayed with us, mm-hmm. in the house I live in right now. Mm-hmm. She, she stayed with us when I was maybe about one or two, and then she left. Okay. Um, and my aunts, that was the house I stay in, mm-hmm. they raised me and my brother from mm-hmm. zero to whatever age. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's the reason why I say that they weren't there. And mm-hmm. when my, my mom would come, she would come and then she would leave. Or she would say, if I would call her up, she would be like, oh, I can't do it right now. Mm-hmm. We'll do it next weekend. Mm-hmm. And I felt like, oh, okay, well, you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. And it, it, I kind of go went with the punches with, with that situation. 
And so, um, it, yeah, I mean, when I realized it was rejection, I think I may have been, I think I may have been maybe 11 or, t- or maybe, maybe older than that, mm-hmm. maybe 10 or maybe 10 or 11 or 12. And I knew that was kind of sort of rejection, but mm-hmm. I just learned to deal with it really quick. I just played by myself. Mm-hmm. I just did my own thing mm-hmm. and I just let it, let, let that go. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, that, that's how I really found out about rejection. What was your other question again? Um, well, actually, you you are answering it. Um, it was more so trying to get a better understanding of um, at what age, how old were you when you, when your mom left, you know, for a long period of time, and then you also asked a question that was going to follow up with: Did she like come in and out throughout various answers yeah, of your time, kind of yeah. like rip the, the the womb open a little every time, so to speak? Yeah, she did. She actually would come by, and then she would leave, mm-hmm. and then I wouldn't hear from her for like weeks sometimes. Mm-hmm. And, you know, sometimes she would call. She, she was working. I get it. You mm-hmm. know, she's working. She even got she got married and she was dealing with that family. One time she actually did like pull. She did bring us in mm-hmm. to her to her world when she was living with her, her husband and my stepfather. Mm-hmm. And my stepfather was great. Mm-hmm. Everybody was great on that side when she married. But I just wasn't dealing. I did when I moved in with her when I was when I was when I moved in with her um, at one point, like for a month. I couldn't deal with it. I oh, wanted to go back. I was, I think it was first grade, I think. Okay. Um, yeah, first grade. Okay. So, or second grade. Um, and so I just, you know, I cried and cried. I cried. I wanted to go back home. Mm-hmm. And uh, actually, she cried when I left, when I wanted to go back home. She said, she doesn't. Under, she didn't understand why I couldn't deal. Mm-hmm. Why I couldn't live with her, mm-hmm. and it's because maybe it's because she reject she rejected me, and I just wasn't used to living with her. Mm-hmm. And she was nice. She was a nice lady mm-hmm. to live with. Um, you know, her and her, her husband, her, her new husband and his kids. But, mm-hmm. um, I just, I wasn't used to, to her around and my aunts, they basically took care of mm-hmm. you know, my brother. So mm-hmm. I, I felt more comfortable there. Mm-hmm. Um, and then when I moved back in with my aunts, uh, that for that, it was like a month, mm-hmm. um, you know, she would still come over, but she would do the same thing. She mm-hmm. would come over, not, not, not come over for two weeks. You know, if she if she, if if I asked her for something, she would give it to me. But that was like a band aid, basically. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, that was that, and that wasn't. It, so there wasn't really any constant in my life mm-hmm. with that situation. The only my my, my I call it Manana and Ruby. Those were uh, my aunts. Mm-hmm. They were constant. Um, okay. But you know, when they when one passed away, you know that was that was very hurtful. And then mm-hmm. another passed away. That was another hurtful thing. Mm-hmm. And so I didn't never had any constant except for the idea of porn and actually at 13 like i mentioned before that's that's kind of where the constant started that's my control of the constant okay i always had that Mm. interesting i never really thought about that yeah yeah it's definitely something um i want to touch on something that you said Uh you've mentioned that porn porn it can be healthy yes absolutely um, yes. And I want to switch gears with that because I kind of disagree mm-hmm. about, I guess, in moderation, it could mm-hmm. be healthy. Mm-hmm. What is your definition of moderation? What would your definition of moderation be? Yeah, yeah. So I, I think, you know, like I said earlier, porn is no different than, let me back up, porn is just a beautiful expression of art, of, of, of human interaction. Mm-hmm. And, and, and when done in moderation, it's no different than eating healthily or um, shopping in moderation when mm-hmm. you can stay within your budget and being financially 
responsible or um, drinking alcohol, consuming alcohol in mm-hmm. moderation um, and, and, and not excessively. However, I, I think that porn, just like all those other um, um, indicate, I mean, all those other examples that I just listed can become an addiction when you are using it to supplement some deficiency or void that you're feeling in your life. And then for you, you seem to have identified that as uh, what um, a psychologist would describe as a, a, an attachment disorder based on the fact that your mm-hmm. mom uh, was kind of, you know, inconsistently present in your life and then you experienced loss from your, your aunt. And, then, and not to say that, that your aunts were not great people or, or whatever, not, or, or that they lost that you experienced from your aunt was, was a triggering factor for you because life happens and people experience loss of family members all the time. But, mm-hmm. you know, a lot of times they don't um, um, develop attachment issues because things are handled healthily and they process it healthily. However, I do think that the fact that your mom wasn't a constant in your life, but but, but not only that, the fact that she was coming in and out, like I imagine if, if she had taken a route that your dad had taken and, and, and your aunts were like the only parents that you knew and, mm-hmm. and that they were just constant and that's all you knew, I imagine that you probably wouldn't feel um, a fear of rejection as much as, as, you, as you say that you do now. Mm. But uh, to that degree, I think that um, watching porn to um, to fulfill something that you desire. Let's back up a little bit. We know that you have a desire that you that you would like to be in a pro-social relationship with someone. Yeah, right? yeah. However, when you are using porn to to supplement that that desire to curb it to like to 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 take the edge off of what you want and, and you perceive that you cannot have mm-hmm. because you may think that your fear of rejection is gonna get in the way of you actually being able to build a meaningful relationship to go out and meet someone to 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 be okay with not having sex with them until you get to know them a little bit better, to uh, learn their interests, to learn um, whether you guys are truly compatible, to learn, let's back up a little bit, as I often say to you, that two things need to be present in order mm-hmm. for a healthy relationship to exist. My therapist taught me this, by the way. Okay. I am by no means an example of having had the, uh, the best record of, of healthy relationships. But <laughs> anyway, but as, after taking her advice, I have been following it and things have been great for me. Um, mm-hmm. But two things that need to be present are, one, you both need to be compatible, and then two, the timing needs to be right. Now, with respect to the compatibility aspect, it's important that you understand yourself as an individual, like to understand who Morris is, like, and 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 in so doing, you identify what your level of you identify what your dignity is. You you're able to define it, like mm-hmm. things that you're willing to compromise on, things that you're unwilling to compromise on, and then when you when you can identify that, you're able to approach situations and l- observe people from an objective standpoint, and to be present in the moment to listen to them to to see if you got if you're enjoying their company mm. and and then once you're able to get past that point you can make a determination as to whether that individual regardless of any preconceived notions that you may have about them because you, you you're going to suspend those preconceived notions you're going to be present and and listen for this mm-hmm. individual but you're able to form a more you're better able to give yourself a better chance by allowing yourself to approach it from an objective perspective because when you do so, you're able to identify a lot of um, uh, factors that may otherwise turn you away and recognizing that that person may not be healthy or perhaps even in the case of the first example that you gave with the friend who uh, tested positive for HIV, mm-hmm. you know, perhaps you guys were compatible, you would have been compatible, but maybe the timing wasn't right. You know, that's, that's something wow. that's very... Um, um, uh, difficult to overcome, and and, and given that you, well, I'm not, I'm I'm not gonna assume the year, but if, if if it happened within like the last ten years, I imagine you know with the, with the advance in medications that we have, you know, uh, mm-hmm. six months or so, whatever whatever the time frame is for a person to um uh, get take start taking that medication and get regulated to become yeah. undetectable, you know, um um I imagine that that um 
you know, that would have been an easy thing to stick out and to wait yeah. for, even if even in, a, in an unhealthy state. But to that degree, perhaps his having recently found out about his diagnosis, that's something grand to overcome. And, 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 it's, and it's, it shakes, I imagine, mm. one to their core and, and, and not trying to understand who they are. And so that stated, you know, it could have been a number of things when you mentioned with your other example, your first example that, you know, it could have been that you guys were not compatible at all or that you were compatible, but the timing wasn't right. I like the way you said the two things. Mm -hmm. And if you can repeat those two things just one more time. Oh, because, yes, yes. Yeah, I want to make sure I'm, because I, I got being in the moment mm -hmm. and, and making sure that I, 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 I'm i just interpreting it, mm -hmm. making sure that I hold a certain value mm -hmm. to the moment. That's, yeah. that's what I'm, that's basically what I'm gathering mm -hmm. from it. Because in my mind, going back to porn and going back to my mind, mm -hmm. I typically think if I see someone that shows interest to me, mm -hmm. this could be a potential. Mm -hmm. And if it's someone like the guy in porn, mm -hmm. this could be a better potential. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. this is exactly what I want. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to pursue it mm -hmm. regardless of what happens, mm -hmm. regardless if it's not, if it's toxic or if it's great or if it's good or bad, mm -hmm. I'm going to pursue it. Mm -hmm. uh, I'm going to say two things because okay. this is... This has just happened to me. Mm -hmm. I met somebody last, I met somebody over the weekend, mm -hmm. and he was a great guy. Oh, well, wait, let me back up. He was a good, he was a good looking guy. Mm -hmm. He was very, very attractive, all mm -hmm. that sort of stuff. Um, I, I took him home, you mm -hmm. know, on Sunday. And um, first time I did this in a long time, but I took him home. We actually messed around and, and did what we had to do. But my mind was going to, because he looked like someone that I saw in porn, mm -hmm. that it would be perfect. Mm -hmm. The next morning, what happened was a complete disaster. It was, um, he was getting drunk in the morning time. He was doing just foolish stuff. Mm -hmm. You know, he lost his keys. He lost his car. I had mm -hmm. to drive him around downtown in the oh, morning wow. time <laughs> just so he could do that. And, you know, I almost missed work mm -hmm. because, of the, because of him. And when I dropped him off at his house at noon, when I dropped him off in front of his apartment, I saw the car that he said he lost the night before. What was it, the car was like as, 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 parked in his apartment. And so I was pissed. I was like <laughs> upset. I was upset. But mm -hmm. in my mind, I was thinking, well, he is sexy. He is cute. Mm -hmm. You know, he gives me that masculine kind of feel. Mm -hmm. You know, maybe I can give him another chance. Mm -hmm. But like... My mind was clouded because I felt like because he looked a certain way, like I was going to accept everything that he was going to do. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And that kind of made me upset because I, afterwards I kind of felt like, well, damn, you know, you know, am I am I accepting anything now? Am I just accepting what I like, what I look, what, what looks like greatness to mm -hmm. me? I mean, it, that that's scary. So being in the moment, you know, I, I should have realized Red flags, mm -hmm. that makes any sense, mm -hmm. instead of realizing a potential. Mm -hmm. Does that make sense? It does, it does. And I'm so to, to add to what you're saying, it's, it's because you created these preconceived notions and you had this goal in mind. Mm. You created these preconceived notions that you developed from watching porn, mm. and then you had this end goal in mind that you wanted this this individual who reminded you of someone to, to, to be your knight in shining armor, so to speak, and you 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 just, you just can't do that. I mean, granted, let's back up a little bit. If I think it's important to be honest with yourself, ask yourself what do you want before you encounter a situation? Because mm. it, it's okay to have one night stands. It's perfectly okay if that's that if that's what you want. Uh, however, though, if you're looking for something more meaningful, it's important to one have a sense of self awareness. Two, um, 
you know, and, and when I say have a sense of self-awareness, you know, be able to identify your 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 dignity, who mm-hmm. you are, and what you actually want from an objective pers- you know standpoint, mm-hmm. and then to approach that situation, you know, um, 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 and 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 view it objectively. Like, don't if you meet someone who's who's gorgeous and whatnot, you know, it's okay to have like a little fairy tale moment for five minutes, but have that little moment, snap out of it, and and and, and come back to reality. Yeah, snap mm-hmm. back into reality, and and just allow that person to illustrate and to be who they are you know without without any promise or or, or stakes and in, in, you know w- w- without there being any in, any stakes in place like let's give give them give, give a uh, a more elementary um, um, um example of what i'm talking about mm-hmm. like if you are let's say um uh, writing a, a paper for um a competition so to speak and you, the, the, the grand prize is to win um five hundred dollars or a thousand dollars whatever whatever is a meaningful amount of money for us and in, in, in our current you know current financial uh, state yeah versus if you ask to just journal and free write the 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 the, the idea that you are writing to compete can alter your uh, the authenticity of, of of your work because you're trying to at, at that point you're trying to impress an audience to uh, enjoy your 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 essay to win that grand prize versus if you're writing freely you're able to be more unapologetically and 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 just express yourself freely and in whatever way you want to to that degree when you um enter into a situation with someone or encounter with someone for the first time and you have this goal in mind that you want to marry this person or or, or build a house with them have a family you know begin a relationship with them mm-hmm. you begin to ignore or to sometimes disregard what you truly want and to an even larger degree you ignore or are willing to compromise more so on who they truly are if those if if who they truly are doesn't really align with what you should have done um it's 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 become self-aware and of of what you who you are if you have become (laughs) self-aware Okay, so so just to make sure I I get that, mm-hmm. like, and I I got the point where you said I'm, I'm not necessarily doing it for myself. I'm mm-hmm. doing it for the other person mm-hmm. because, like, in your example about writing, you know, the goal of mine is 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 to win, not mm-hmm. to show how how great, not 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 to show, not to acknowledge how well I know I know how to write. Mm-hmm. So if I know how to write really well mm-hmm. and I and I and I'm proud of my writing my mm-hmm. writing situation, then that should show up in my work. Mm-hmm. But if I'm trying to write for winning, mm-hmm. um, that may not show as authentically or clearly mm-hmm. in my writing. And so I I'll get disappointed if I lose because I'm trying to win. Exactly. Opposed to if I just go in there with a positive spirit and I'd go in there just to be like happy that I'm even part of a process mm-hmm. like this, then that's being in that moment. Mm-hmm. I feel like that's mm-hmm. really being in the moment. Being present. Being present. Yeah. And, being and present. aware. And aware. And aware. Yes. Because that that's another thing is that mm-hmm. I, I'm not a, when I'm in that situation, I'm really not aware. I'm just mm-hmm. aware of the end goal, mm-hmm. which is to get the man, which is to be in a relationship, which is to have sex, whatever. Mm-hmm. That's really the goal. Mm-hmm. It shouldn't be the goal. Yeah, exactly. Because it should be more about, and and I th- I feel like it's kind of selfish a little bit just to to acknowledge that because I I, I know what I want mm-hmm. and I know how I want to feel, mm-hmm. but then I feel like, well, we, what about him? I always think about will he feel the same way if I'm the same way? Like I kind of that kind of is a selfish 
act. Do you think it could definitely be so? However, though, that is it's really boils down to you becoming self-aware, like identifying what you okay. want and, and, and identifying like things that you, are, you know, can never compromise on. And once you identify those things mm-hmm. and when you go out and encounter people and, 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 and those individuals, uh, beliefs or, uh, differ from yours mm-hmm. uh, and, 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 and differ to a degree that it would uh, cause you to, to compromise your, your dignity, then that's, a clear objective measure that that person is not compatible with you. Mm-hmm. And so you and that individual should not try to pursue anything. Um, you know, as I mentioned earlier, two things need to be present. One, compatibility, and then two, the timing needs to be right. Mm-hmm. That just clears they telling that it, you're not, that you're not compatible. And so what you need to do at that point is to just keep an open mind and, 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 and you know, decide whether you want to continue being friends, but don't, you know, be honest with yourself that this person is not compatible with you. And if you choose to do have sex with him, like I said, it's nothing wrong with having, you know, spontaneous sex and whatnot. Mm-hmm. But just be honest with yourself that this individual is not compatible with you and you should expect nothing more than sex. And also be honest with that individual as well, mm. because you don't want them to, to be harmed by your actions, by your failing to be transparent. You know, they can develop feelings and, and but develop attachments, you know. Yeah. Or can even become a stalker for all you know. <laughs> you just never know. Uh but so so mm-hmm. and, and so now this is the point where it because that's happened mm-hmm. and because that ending wasn't the ending that I needed mm-hmm. or that I wanted, now I go back to watching porn. Mm-hmm. And now I go back into my routine because it's a lot easier, it's a little bit safer. Mm-hmm. It's oh, this guy this guy is now not liking me and or I don't this is a mess. Mm-hmm. Porn is now my my savior to all this. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's my problem mm-hmm. is that I need to be okay with that rejection. Mm-hmm. I need to be I need to be in the moment. Mm-hmm. I need to be me present. I need to make sure I'm understanding those elements mm-hmm. so that way I don't go back into the addictive behavior of porn. I feel like that would be that's the reason why I probably go back to porn is because of that reason. Mm-hmm. And that porn definitely will um, uh, uh, create a scapegoat for you to avoid processing those feelings. But um, I guarantee you nine times out of 10 that if you were to take the time to become self-aware and if you were to have an encounter with someone, even if that person was shady and lied to you, you mm-hmm. know, um, even, even if even if that happened um, and, and, and hurt you, uh, otherwise hurt you if you were in your current state, I believe that 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 if you were able to do those things from a healthy perspective, you know, become self-aware, approach the situation objectively, and then remind yourself that, you know, I did everything that I was supposed to do. And and at the end of the day, no matter what this person has done to me, he hasn't broken me because because the way I'm going to process it as opposed to looking at it as a rejection, I'm looking at it as though this is an individual who I just learned about and he's, his values are totally and contrary to mine. And we just not, are not compatible. You know, I just learned it at a, at a later time, but I did nothing wrong. And it's just, it was just a situation where we did not align. He may not be a bad person. I'm not a bad person or whatever. It doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. Only thing that matters is that I did my due diligence and I recognized that, we're not compatible, and I'm okay with moving on to finding someone who is compatible with me. Good point. Very good point. So moving on, mm-hmm. moving on from that situation, mm-hmm. and not making it, and not making it your fault. Yes. Okay. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Interesting. 
You know, I was watching this last point because uh, we made me back up. But okay. I was watching something called uh, the. Be- have you seen the Best Man on on the Peacock? Oh yeah, I love you, it. You seen mm-hmm. the the new series? Mm-hmm. Um, and Morris Chestnut's character in the first two episodes. Uh, I've seen the first two episodes. He's addicted to women. The mm-hmm. women are addicted to him. Mm-hmm. And finally, at the kind of the end of the, I guess, the episode where they had where they're on the beach, mm-hmm. he, he he meets a girl who is uh, who he finds attractive, mm-hmm. and he tries to sleep with the girl. It, I think it's like the she works at the at the the, the resort at the resort mm-hmm. yeah and she tells him at the end oh you know I, I haven't seen the rest of the series I've just seen up to that point she tells him at the end hey you know I'm engaged and so I kind of felt like he was going through an addiction process because he was meeting those women and keeping meeting those women and, and they were entertaining him mm-hmm. and when he finally met the woman of 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 of, of what he really liked mm-hmm. she she dismissed him mm-hmm. but then he kind of figured out I guess towards the end, he figured out we can still be friends mm-hmm. and we can still be in this friendly relationship and there's nothing wrong with that and mm-hmm. I can move on. Mm-hmm. And I kind of felt like that was, that's kind of a situation that you're kind of explaining to Exactly, me. exactly. His, um, uh, he recognized that they were compatible, mm-hmm. uh, recognized um, her rejection as not necessarily being a rejection, but the timing was off. Yeah. Adapt, you know, accepted that. Became a friend, waited, and as you see later in the show, some other stuff is going to happen, but I won't read okay. it. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because I, I, I thought that was brilliant because mm-hmm. he was so, everybody was trying to get with them, mm-hmm. and he was trying to get with them, and mm-hmm. it was just like, man, he was doing a lot, but then like that was just something that was interesting, that how they became friends, and they just ran off on the beach, and they just ran together mm-hmm. like as friends, mm-hmm. not as like, I'm going I'm to I'm have sex or mm-hmm. not a sex buddies. I now I want to go back and watch that episode because I'm wondering like, did she like have like an engagement ring on that he may not have paid attention to because he had this preconceived notion of what he wanted from her and that he just ignored those little small factors that may have indicated that she was married or engaged mm-hmm. uh, but before she told him. And now I want to go back and watch it to see. That brings me mm-hmm. another, to another point that Having those preconceived notions can cause you to become blind to things that you otherwise need to be objective to. Yeah, yes, that is that is good. Mm-hmm. Oh, I have you know this is a good this was this was a great episode. Thank you for thank you for joining <laughs> me. Thank you for giving your input. Oh, thank um, you for having me. Yeah, it was kind of like a I I wanted to make sure this was like a reverse mm-hmm. um a reverse uh, interview because. Mm-hmm. People that don't know me, my friends that that know me but don't know this part about my life, I want them to know this is what I struggle with, mm-hmm. and I want them to know that this was to me this is an addiction. This mm-hmm. is this was this is hard. I mean, I I I'm trying to get clean, and um, I haven't been so successful, but I'm trying to get uh, trying to be get away from the addiction of of porn and. You know, like you, like you mentioned, uh, porn's not a bad thing. Porn mm-hmm. has probably saved my life. Porn mm-hmm. is probably, I could have been, I could have had sex, sex with a lot of people and then had STDs or mm-hmm. HIV, whatever, mm-hmm. and regretted that point of it. But it, it hasn't been a bad thing. I just don't want it to affect my mind where it's not, where I'm not being uh, sociable or I'm not, where it's it, it's restricting me from getting relationships or, mm-hmm. you know, I, I don't want my mind to go in a situation where it's just like, I can't, I can't manage without porn. Mm-hmm. That's the whole thing. No, I totally understand that. Man, it's a, you know, at the end of the day, it's a journey mm-hmm. and you've done the, 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 the hardest part and it's and that's acknowledging it mm-hmm. and then you've committed towards working towards it and I think that if you could just continue along this journey and just see those small increments of improvement each day and then not beating yourself up too much when you have setbacks, you're going to be all right. Well, thank you. Thank you so much. Well, thank you again for, for joining us. 
Um, that wraps up this episode of my so-called porn addicted life. I am Morris um, and we'll see you next time. Do you struggle? You aren't alone. Start a conversation with me on Facebook, Twitter, or Reddit at my SCPA2023. You don't have to do this alone. We can do this together. <laughs>